What the hell was that? Dylan bolted upright, his hair a perfect Albert Einstein emulation. I call upon thee by Anya Alborn. I read that. Welcome to I Read That. I'm Katie Gray. And I'm Aaron Saburn. And this is the show where we pick a monthly genre and read books in the category discussing everything in between two covers. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 31. Yay! (laughs) Katie can't move because her mic broke and now she's holding it precariously in her lap. It is clenched between my thighs. (laughs) Her legs will get tired after this. So, listen. I can't figure out why it won't stay in its stand. We'll fix it. Maybe the audio will be the best it's ever been because of the (laughs) lap microphone. Katie's like, I've stayed so still. And I was like, yeah, that's that's totally going to work. We're going to stay real still. I move so much when I talk. Yeah. I would think that she's Italian, the way that she uses her hands when she speaks, but apparently not. No, not even a little bit. So I have something I want to ask you. Okay. Have you been following this Daryl Brooks trial? No, I don't even watch the news. Okay, dude. This dude, Daryl Brooks, drove his car through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin and killed six people, including like a little boy. And he was running from the police when it happened. Mm-hmm. And there's like tons of people with him on camera and all this stuff. And he was like unhappy with his defense. So he fired his attorney is representing himself and uh it's pretty ridiculous Hmm. like he is absolutely crazy in some of the stuff he says like he was questioning this witness that the prosecution had called to the stand who was like i was not present at the parade but i witnessed him drive through the parade and So the guy was like, well, how did you witness it if you weren't at the parade? Yeah. And he said, well, my house is on the parade route. So I I was not like attending the parade, but the parade was happening on the street outside my house. So when I heard something was happening, I went and I looked and I saw this car, described the car, driving through the parade. And he said, well, but you weren't at the parade. And he said, no, I wasn't at the parade, but I did witness it. Well, how did you witness it? I, it was it's in front of my house so and they went back and forth for like 10 minutes trying to figure out oh wow for like it was bad isn't it like so. october yes when did this happen last year last last christmas yeah oh okay because i was like isn't it october who's having a christmas was he upset because they're having a Christmas parade in October and he drove through them? Like, no. I'm trying to understand this. <laughs> no, he was running from the police and, like, turned down the street that the parade was happening on. Okay. And just, like, undeterred, just, like, drove through the parade. It's actually really sad. A little boy died and a bunch of grandmas. Bunch of grandmas. Yeah. Hmm. Dancing grannies. I bet they're in little Santa outfits. Probably. Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. But anyway, that's what I was doing all afternoon. <laughs> I'm so happy you have a good use of your time. Well, I ate my crackers and cheese for lunch. I uh, I watched Daryl Brooks's trial. They're in closing arguments right now. And he is certainly arguing with the judge. So you want to get this done so you can watch it? I need to know what he's going to say. <laughs> but I have a feeling it's going to be very long and drawn out because he's constantly arguing with the judge. What else are you supposed to do? Not that. Look, that's the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, I guess. Anyway, um, 
Do you want to give us a disclaimer? Yeah, this is our opinion. Our humor is dark. If you you like what you like. Oh, and there will be spoilers. Please read the show notes for trigger warnings for this episode. There's probably a few. Yeah, there's definitely a few for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to give you a book summary of this I would novella? Love that. Okay. Maggie Olson had a pretty ordinary childhood. Swimming and sleepovers, movie nights and dad jokes. And then there were the other things, the darker things, the shadow that followed her home from the cemetery and settled into the corners of her home refusing to let her grow up in peace. Now, after three years away from the place she's convinced she had inadvertently haunted, and after yet another family tragedy strikes, Maggie is forced to return to the sweltering heat of a savannah summer to come to terms with her past. All along, she's been telling herself it was just in your head, and she nearly convinces herself that she'd imagined it all. But the moment Maggie steps into the foyer of her family home, she knows the darkness is still there, and it's been waiting for Maggie's return. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. spooky little novella for the october final read yes it was so this was truly supernatural yeah and i feel like we've not been successful on finding like an actual ghost story book yet yep. but this one was was a ghost story yeah you tick the boxes with this one so i will count it as a win as a like supernatural horror book yeah yeah i think you picked a good one in regards to the theme for the month yeah yeah I'm leaning into the themes, even when you're not. When you're just choosing space lesbians and I pick an actual LGBTQ book. Well, you know, I do what I do. <laughs> we know. And you just suffer with it. We know. It makes for interesting reads. And you judge me so harshly. It's true. It's so, true. I did actual author tidbits this time. I have a bunch too. Do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. So Anya was born in Poland. She moved to the U.S. when she was three years old. Mm -hmm. She's written nine novels and three novellas, some short stories. She is a mother. And as a mother, she does most of her writing at nighttime. Hmm. Like she usually doesn't start working till 9.30 or 10, which I relate when my kids were little. I think her, her child's probably four okay. now, but at the time this interview was about two. When my kids were little, I would always start work about 9 p.m. as, you know, a business owner. So even when she's really exhausted, she tries to at least get like 500 words together. She said that being a mother has only enhanced her ability to write horror hmm. because as a mom, she's able to <laughs> imagine horrific things happening to her child, right? So she knows fear. She feels like she can write it. She started gravitating toward horror when she was five or six years old with a love for Scooby-Doo. Mm. And she first wanted to be a writer when she was 12. And then this is the last thing I have, but it was her advice for writer's block. And I liked what she said. So I'm just going to read the direct quote. She says, if I find myself struggling with a lack of inspiration and writing is just a flat out miserable experience, I take a break for a day or two. During that break, I consume as much media that relates to my topic as possible Books, movies, TV shows, articles, Wikipedia pages, whatever it takes. But if the problem is not inspiration, as much, as much as it's just feeling like what I'm writing is absolute crap, I crack open a book that I consider particularly bad. A few paragraphs of terrible prose is a really good reality check. You think your writing is awful? Check out insert terribly written book that is still manages to be wildly popular here. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> right? I love that, actually. Isn't that really good? I really liked that advice. That is really good advice. 
So I actually have some author tidbits on this book. Oh, cool. Perfect. Okay. So at the back of the Kindle book. Yes. Did you read it on Kindle? I did read it on Kindle. Okay. So there's actually some tidbits at the back of the Kindle book about how this book was written. So this book is a work of fiction, but the author states that this is a close to home kind of book. So this book is a work of fiction. But the author states that this is as close to an autobiography to her experience as she can get. She had $20 in her pocket and she bought a Ouija board when she was little. She took it home and used the board in her bedroom. But once she did, the board disappeared and her bedroom never felt the same. When she moved out of her house, the furniture was transported to her father's cabin in the woods. And the feeling in the room transferred to the cabin in the woods. It felt cold and had a weird smell to it that she could never explain to anybody. The cabin burned down, leaving the surrounding landscape strangely untouched. She's never been able to find the board. The cemetery was real as well. The night she watched the exorcism was also real. Being 12 years old and feeling well and over her head was also So a lot of real kind of factors came into this short novella. That's really cool. Um, Have you ever used a Ouija board? Yes. You have? I have not. What? Nope. Do you believe in that stuff? Ashley and I used it in her basement, and it's always creeped me out. I refuse to touch it again. I think they're real, and so because, and I don't think it. You're talking to good things when you use those things. No. So I will not participate. No, you won't touch them. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But I like, you know, I'm religious. I believe in like spirits and principalities and unseen things, and so I like. I'm not gonna mess with that. No. No. You don't want to mess with the spooky shit? No. No. No, that's fair. And I don't want crazy men to come and get me while I'm moving my truck. (laughs) (laughs) I Um. mean... (laughs) Yeah, Ashley and I had one when we were little. We used to use it in her basement, and it was always creepy. Did it work? No. Did it ever move? No. Really? Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's because we are not believers in the faith. No, I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. It's probably that it's not real <laughs> it's probably what it is <laughs> that there's actually nothing to it but so, who yeah. knows who knows my kids well my kids are obsessed with ghost sh- like videos and stuff on youtube yeah and there's this channel called nukes top five and they love nukes top five like we watch it together as a family when he posts new videos like <laughs> they love them and they love to try to figure out how it's fake and why it's fake and so it's really are you gonna get them a board never (laughs) no no never Never? i would never no if they want to go to someone's house and play with a ouija board you you, listen you're putting your own life at risk (laughs) you can do that but like as your mother no No. i'm not doing that no not in the house no don't bring that in here i don't want my house to burn down that's fair that's fair okay so, how do we rate our books? Our ratings are of 15 points, a max of 5 points for each category. The categories are characters, book space, world building, slash storytelling. Fantastic job. Okay. Thank you. What did you give this novella? It's only because I took out the top layer of my Invisalign. I can actually <laughs> speak without a list. <laughs> I'm having to be so quiet. <laughs> and it's so hard. Okay, anyways, what did you give this book? I gave this book a 12. Oh, okay. You liked it. I did. I gave it a 10. Okay. You liked it a little less. 
Um, I liked it a little less. I thought it was okay. That's fair. So what'd you give it for characters? Four. I almost gave it a four. I gave it a three. Okay. I thought the characters were fine. Um, I think it's just the nature of a novella. Like, you're not able to kind of pad them out. There were some real um, cliche sort of tropes. Her sister was one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, like, looking, like, reading it, and I was like, I hope I'm not like this woman. No? I don't know. I hope I'm not like her at all. Like, she, the way she acted about her kids and how unaware of anything else in the world except for her own existence that's fair that's fair yeah it was bad interesting what did but you liked the character yeah i like the characters i thought they're interesting i thought that you i like the cliches because it kind of went to the halloween horror story novel kind of thing that's fair so i thought i thought it worked well that's true that's true tropes and cliches are good for this genre i guess what did you give it for pace Four. Are you fours across the board then? I gave it a four for yeah, pace. That's what twelve gets you. <laughs> yeah. Unless you had two <laughs> two fives you. and a two fives and a two. I guess. But I guess. I gave it a four as well. Mm-hmm. I thought the pacing was good. I didn't get frustrated with flashbacks. Yeah, I thought it was good. I what did you think about the arc with her dad? Her dad dying in the pool. He's a he's a competitive swimmer. She went away for the summer. Yeah, with the pool cover. I thought it was, like, it was fine. Like, it just shows that random deaths were happening around her. But it's one of those, like, death for motivation in a story, right? Do you think the ghost did it? Oh, yeah. The ghost killed her dad. The ghost killed her sister. Do you think the ghost made her mom an alcoholic? Yeah, I think her mom made her crazy. And she was trying to cope with it. The ghost made her crazy, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. Why didn't the ghost just follow her? I think it was stuck in the house with the doll. And that's where she used the Ouija Because she didn't take the Ouija board with her or the doll. It's true. So I don't think it was able to latch So it was her. the house. Yeah, the house and the doll and the Ouija board. Hmm. What did you think of her childhood best friend? The religious, yeah, the religious chick. Who was the camp Um, She was fine. She was a little bit of a overbearing snot. Yeah. I like how she was like, okay, let's do this. And then she's like, nope, nope. Well, I do kind of like how she did acknowledge that, like, she's been as fucked up about everything as the other girl has. Mm. And she's coped with it a different way. Yeah. Like, Maggie coped by leaving, and this chick coped by turning into her religion. That's true. And so I thought that was interesting. But it does, I think it sucks the way that she, like, gaslit Maggie into thinking that it was all not real. Yeah. But I think that's how people deal with things. Right. Either fully accept it and acknowledge it or they're like nope this did not happen it's yeah. not real this is not a thing so yeah so i guess that's a that's another evidence of coping yeah so it was interesting i thought the pace was good i put it down a couple of times but i picked it up pretty easily it was also i short books are always nice yes so you know what you're gonna get and you can just get it get it done and it feels good to accomplish something yeah yeah uh world building four four three yeah. Yeah, I think the ghost could have been scarier. There could have been more in that to build the tension. Hmm. I agree. I thought the weather was a little bit annoying. The weather. I know, like the storm, I get it. the There's hurricane. A storm. Yeah. There's a storm. I get it. Like using like weather as like spooky prose, like I get it, but it was like almost overdone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I wish that there had been more with the actual ghost. Yeah, like at the end, it was more creepy. Like demon thing. Like how it was like hanging on to her in the shadow and the mirrors. Yeah. Like why wasn't, I wish there had been more laced throughout. And I don't know if like the little girl, her niece was supposed to be the one that was like, oh, look, it's, it's attaching itself to her niece. Like the way that her niece is so glad she's back when she doesn't even know her, like all these things. But I don't know. I don't think it was, I think the creep factor could have been pumped up a bit because it was so short. The fact that we only get it for like the last quarter of the book. Mm, Yeah. You know? I like it, though, at the beginning where it's like, is she crazy? Is this real? Like, Yeah. It was good. I thought it was good. There was definitely a lot of gaslighting. I think that's a common theme in horror is gaslighting. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Add that to our tropes. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, though, for what it is. Yes, absolutely. What did you give it for spooky factor? Spooky factor. I didn't put anything down, but I would probably give it... Maybe a three. There were a couple times where I was like, that kid's a creep. And then the going into her sister's bedroom and like um, the way it was described was gross. And Yeah. Maybe a three. I gave it a three. So. Yeah, it wasn't like wildly scary. I want to read a book that's like scary. I'm sure it's out there. Where? I don't know. We have to find it. Are we just fearless? No. Are you sure? I don't know. The troop made you run to your truck. Oh, Please. It's because it was gross. <laughs> Favorite quotes. Do you want to guess? You want me to guess yours first or do you want to guess mine first? You can guess mine. Probably wrong. Probably. I chose the place was appealing with its lovely dark painted window shutters and white rocking chairs on the front porch. The grouping of rockers once referred to by their still sober mother as the South Savannah chapter of the porch sitters union. All of it innocuous, inviting, all of it a lie. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's very fitting. Like, I can just see that in my head. Right. And like... Does that make sense? Yeah. And just the... How the exterior of the house was so unassuming and inside was so, like, menacing and awful. But it was also, like, super pretty because they had it, like, decorated to the nines. Mm-hmm. Like this lady. Like her sister. Yep. It was, like, country chic. Yeah. Well, and their mom was such a society woman when she, before when she was sober still. Yeah. That wasn't my favorite quote, but... My favorite quote is, and that, my friends, is why I'll never contact the dead again. Oh, that's a good one. It's just, like, simple. Closes it off. I liked it. Okay, I'm going to guess yours. Guess mine. Okay. This place had always felt safe. An asylum from her otherwise grim and mournful past. A salvation to her pain. Except now, that sense of safety was gone. Not it. No? No. Not it. But it's good. See, that's the kind of stuff that was in this book, that it would just be these moments that took a simple concept and went a little bit deeper. Yep. My favorite quote was, That was the problem with Bryn. Suicide had always been the hazy overlay of every conversation, a fashionably subtle suggestion coloring her every word. Maggie couldn't count the times her middle sister had thrown herself down onto the couch or into an armchair like a distressed damsel, exhaling an exasperated, I'm going to kill myself, or I wish I were dead. Bryn being Bryn. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I thought the writing in this book was really nice. Yeah. Like it was just nice to read and it was just like flowed really nice and it was just really enjoyable to read even though it was just a novella. Yeah, I agree. It kind of made... I would read her one of her other books. 
Yeah, I'm tempted to look at her other books and see what they're about and go after one of them. Yeah, she like exclusively writes horror, so next October she might be. Yeah, someone to consider when you're looking for spooky books. Mm, I'll probably freak out. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. Let's be honest. Um, but there were some really honest. good quotes in this book. There were. I have several highlighted. I have the problem. I have the problem when I read on my Kindle that I don't highlight anything because I'm so enwrapped in the story, as long as it's a good story. But yeah, because usually when I'm reading paperbacks, I'll take a picture of the page and then I'll highlight it in my Photos app and then come back to it when I get my document ready for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, so I'm going to pull up my Kindle on my phone. I want to show you a, another one of the quotes I like. Ooh. Let's see. So this was like, I highlighted this because I remember reading it and thinking this woman is such a piece of shit. So this is her sister, her older sister. And she says, I'm glad you're here, Maggie. She said, because this, she lifted a hand, made a sweeping gesture toward the back seat. My plate is full. Maggie wasn't sure how to respond. Bryn knew that, Arlen said, but she did it anyway, didn't she? She saved herself and left us to pick up the pieces because in the end, everything is always about her. And I thought that like, I'm going to talk about suicide for a second. Okay. I have an uncle who uh, took his own life and there is a very selfish aspect to suicide. Like obviously whoever, if someone does that, it's in, it's the result of incredible suffering. Yep. Incredible suffering. But uh, there is a selfish aspect to it because you left everybody around you to not just pick up the pieces of your death and what that means, because death is an incredibly involved process, mm -hmm. but also like the emotional wear and tear of that on who remains, all of these things, right? And so this woman's not wrong, but she's incredibly insensitive and inappropriate to say these things. Literally, like, within days of her sister killing herself. Within minutes of her other sister getting there. Right. Yeah. Like, they're driving home from the airport, and she says this. And so, like, while there's some truth to that, it is selfish to um to do that. It's not done lightly, yeah. I don't think. So, that was, that struck me. That was, that was when I was like, that woman sucks. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was, I thought the, I thought it was an interesting book overall for those themes too and how each individual person dealt with the loss yeah and continued dealing with the loss because their dad died right and then the mother and then the sister yeah so that was a lot of death for the whole family it was a lot mm -hmm. there's another quote that i really like can i read it yes when her mom had died and they were talking about how their mom had like broken under the weight of tragedy of her dad dying. That was kind of when her dad, her mom kind of started to drink and go crazy. Um, but it says, but the real tragedy wasn't that she had suffocated on her own mourning, but that the love she claimed to have had for her children had not been enough to convince her to live. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. That was a great, the writing was really great. Yeah. In this little novella. Do you think you'll reread it ever? I don't know. I, probably in like 10 years when I forget what it's about. Let's be honest. In like <laughs> 10 months when I forget what it's about. Yeah. you Next year you'll be like, I heard of this great novella. I'm going to read it. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, I've already read it on my Goodreads. That's weird. <laughs> it's already on my Kindle. Even better. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. When did I download this? Do you think that you'll reread it? Probably not. 
No, I might listen to the audiobook. I think it might be interesting to hear how it's different. Mm. If in an in an audio audible experience, or you could pick another one of her yeah, books listen to, to a different one of tantalate her. your senses. Another one of her books, Bix. Mm-hmm. Holding this microphone has me so paranoid that I can't speak, <laughs> and I'm like struggling to breathe, and I I'm just having a hard time. So let's let's get to tropes because I don't know how much longer I can handle this and my hand is like in the same position and I Oh goodness. Help. Um death has motivation. Okay. Because people die in the Dad book. died. Yeah, and then it's like it's motivation for the story and whatnot. Uh-huh. Creepy children. Oh, I have that one too. Oh. I took one of mine. I know, creepy children and then a spooky shadows because there's always like oh that was a good there's one there's a black shadow like outside just of out my the vision. corner of my eye yeah 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 that's a good so, one that's what I have I put ghosts <laughs> all right that's true you could tell I was trying really hard ghosts creepy kids uh chosen one oh yeah because she kind of was like everything that ghost did was to get Maggie home mm-hmm. uh and Ouija boards yeah they are creepy. It's a horror trope, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good tropes. That's what I have. Awesome. Worked out very well. We did it. So if you, you like liked this, this what, what would you, you read? <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay, tell me what I you I would picked. read Bad Girls Don't Die Ooh. by Katie Allender. Okay. Allender. Alexis thought she was... She led the typical dysfunctional high school existence. Dysfunctional like her parents' marriage. Her dull, crazy 12-year-old sister, Casey, and even her own anti-social, anti-cheerleader attitude. When a family fight results in some tearful sister bonding, Alexis realizes that her life is creeping from dysfunctional into danger. Casey is acting stranger than ever. Her blue eyes go green sometimes, and she uses old-fashioned language. And she even loses tracks of chunks of time, claiming to know nothing about her strange behavior. Their old house is changing too. Doors open and close by themselves. Water boils on the unlit stove. Mm. An unplugged air conditioner turns the house cold enough to see your breath in. Alex wants to to think that it's all in her head. But soon, what she liked to think of as a silly parlor trick are becoming life-threatening to her family. And to her budding relationship with the class president, Alexis knows she's the only person who can stop Casey. But what if that green-eyed girl isn't even Casey anymore? Wow. Should have read that. Dude, that sounds creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that, Put that, on keep your that list. in the brain bucket for next year, eh? Yeah, seriously. What's a brain bucket? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Catacombs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I picked the book Brother by Anya Alborn. Brother. Brother by Anya Alborn. <laughs> The same author that wrote our novella. This is one of her other books. Of course. Why do See, why do you, you say that? I don't know why you're so mean to me all the freaking time. I just you always pick the I'm same author. I'm just trying to live. Okay, continue. Tell me what this is about. I'm just trying to live and do as little as I can and exert as little effort as possible. Let me live. Okay, continue. Okay, this book. Brother. It's called Brother, Brother by Anya Alborn. 
why am I being roasted so bad right now? Because last what episode I... I told you, I was like, you always pick books by the same author we just read. And you're like, no, I don't. I, I've done that. I have done that two times ever. And now two. look at you doing it two again. Times. No, this is the uh-huh. second time. Okay, anyway. Brother. My hand hurts. Brother by Anya Albuin. This is falling apart. Deep. Deep. Brother deep. Deep brother. No, just brother. Oh, that's a different book. Deep in the heart of Apple. <laughs> this isn't City of Bones. Oh my gosh. Okay, keep going. I have not read that one, and I will not. Deep in the heart of Appalachia stands a crooked farmhouse miles from any road. The Morrows keep to themselves, and it's served them well so far. When girls go missing off the side of the highway, the cops don't knock on their door, which is a good thing, seeing as to what's buried in the Morrows' backyard. But 19-year-old Michael Morrow isn't, the re- isn't like the rest of his family. He doesn't take pleasure in the screams that echo through the trees. Michael pines for normalcy, and he's sure that someday he'll see the world beyond West Virginia. When he meets Alice, a pretty girl working at a record shop in the nearby small town of Dahlia, he's immediately smitten. For a moment, he nearly forgets about the monster he's become, but his brother, Rebel, is about too eager, is all too eager to remind Michael of his place. Nice. It's a murder book. Yeah, it sounds like it. I think it's more thriller than horror, but... Yeah. Sounds like an episode I guess it of depends on the... or something. Or Criminal Minds. Sounds like an episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Dude, we should do we should do a month of just like Criminal Minds-ish books. Yeah, I would be down for that. We love that show. Mm-hmm. Derek Morgan or... Uh, Spencer Reed. Spencer Reed. I need to do an, a rewatch of Criminal Minds. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, you do. Instead of bad movies, Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Makes more sense. Absolutely. So that's the end of October. Spooky books. You were like, spooky you were dying books. to read spooky books. I've read a lot of spooky books on my own. How many? I read Verity by Colleen Hoover. Okay. Which was pretty good. Spooky, but also kind of like thriller. And then I also read, I've read books. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't remember right now, but I'm excited. I'm going to read uh, The Only Good Indians as well and mexican gothic i um have heard good things about mexican gothic like really good things about mexican gothic yeah it's on my shelf so i think i'm gonna read that for sure you have one week not if you're not at work and you have nothing else to do october can last forever i'm saying you have one week until october's done you don't time doesn't work that way you're going back to work next month it's October until I say it's not. You go back to work in November. So do you, are you? I don't even know what day. Are it you is just right gonna now. call them and be like, "It's still October"? I can't do it. You can't come in. It's still October. I'm still reading spooky books. <laughs> yeah, the spooky books have not finished. <laughs> I cannot. Come. I haven't finished my reading list for scary books, so uh, I can't do it. Sorry. I'm gonna have to pass. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy. Do you think they'll buy it? I don't know. I don't even talk to work unless I have to. Good. Yeah. Screw them. So, thanks for tuning in to I Read That, episode 31. Bye!